Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined again by Stephanie Hanlon Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I open a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. Today, more than any time before, we believe that we're living in and through what is unfolding as one of the most impactful global events in history. The COVID pandemic is driving never-before-seen change in the world, which is leading to escalating confusion, uncertainty, and ultimately, fear. Your view of the world, or more specifically, your view of your world, represents how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it, whether it is the growing societal divisiveness, the need to pivot in a business or career, or for many, the shifting family dynamics few have trained for or know how to prepare for what is unfolding before us. However you are experiencing what is happening in your world, Stephanie and I are committed to guiding and supporting, facilitating deeper conversations in the realm of our mental, emotional, and spiritual health and well-being. These Mindset Matters episodes are intended to provide a context of what are bigger and deeper conversations that we hope inspire you to ask yourself different questions or to pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We invite you to check in, to ask yourself, is the path you're on the best path for your journey? And are you still clear on your intended destination or has it changed? Our intention for each Mindset Matters episode is to provide you useful tools that you can apply in your life to help you in taking meaningful steps in achieving your vision, your goals, to be your greatest self and live your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Podcast, and this is our Mastermind Series. I am Patrick Francie, and I'm joined as always, you know, as always, this is the second show. Okay, Stephanie Hanlon Francie, Olympic coach, my amazing wife, and uh, Mindset Matters today, Stephanie. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm excited about this series, and today's topic is something really interesting, and I'm excited to dig into it, and um, I think what I'm seeing us doing is actually creating a topic and then a context and then breaking it down and unpacking what it means to us, what it maybe mean the word or the context means culturally, what it means to different individuals. And I think a lot of times we get stuck in miscommunication because we're not understanding what certain words mean. And this word, this context, this topic today is one of those. So mindset matters and topic in mindset matters is really around discipline. No, it is discipline. It is discipline. Okay. But well, okay, you said that with such authority. What am I supposed to say now? Well, think about it. It's not around discipline. If we're going to talk about discipline, we have to be committed. We have to be clear. We have to be disciplined, even in how our communication is, what we want to get across. We want to be disciplined in our manner, in our actions, in how we show up in the world. It's not a construct that is easy to be flexible around. If we're going to talk about discipline, we need to talk about what it means to us, first of all, and then how it kind of sprinkles out into the world. Okay. So let's be really clear about one fundamental thing, and this is about self-discipline. So when we look at mindset, when we look at achieving goals, when we look at whatever we might define as success, we have to look at self-discipline because that's what it takes to achieve something. You know, in other conversations, we've talked about willpower. We've talked about want power. We've want, you know, we talked about motivation versus inspiration. And uh, we're looking at it today and saying, okay, you know, there are some real mechanics to 
success. And that isn't always just in the doing things, the doingness, the execution. But let's talk about self-discipline and what it takes to do that. So where do you want to go with this? Let's talk about the definition of the word discipline, because we were talking before we got on, you talk about discipline. And actually, there's some negative connotation, perhaps for some people, because discipline may be a form of punishment. It may be a form of control. So give us a little bit of uh, depth on the word discipline. Well, discipline is also about the decisions that you make and can you commit to them. Once you make a decision, think of the word decision, right? You decide, it means to cut. And do you have the discipline on the other side not to walk back that decision or to undermine yourself? It takes a lot of self control, self-awareness, and self-discipline to continue to walk in the direction of your values and to stay in the the light of your truth, so to speak. That's where discipline lives. And self-discipline is actually a real truth. It's, it's um, It's like a Geiger counter for truth. And if you are able not to walk back on your decisions and you're able to, I guess, maybe if it's wrong, the decision you walk back, maybe you want to undo because it didn't get you the result you wanted. But the discipline is, is to never surrender to what you hold true to yourself. Okay. So let's keep going and dig into this. So when we look at self-discipline, there is some really fundamental kind of lessons around it. So uh, you know, when we when we consider that we're trying to achieve uh, something, we're trying to have the best life that we can have, we're trying to be the best people we can be, uh, we're trying to be step into our greatness, and that's an evolution, and that takes years, and it never stops. So let's talk about some of the things that we've learned over the years. We've learned personally, we've exercised these same disciplines ourselves, but we also see it with, you know, a number of world-class athletes, world-class business owners, and we also see their discipline. So the first thing that I want to talk about because it's dear to my heart most of the time. And that is the importance of that mind-body connection that we have to look after ourselves to the nth degree in order to have the energy to do what we say we want to do. So in other words, you know, we've been hanging out 30 years, more than 30 years. And one of the disciplines I've always had is a physical and a health regime, whether that be working out on a regular basis or and challenging myself, pushing my physical limits, the diet that I have, the food that I eat. And you're the same way, by the way. So I'm, I'm talking about me. But at the end of the day, what people don't understand often is that they get on a bad diet. They don't work out on a regular basis. They're not getting the oxygen that they need. That then drains their energy and then fatigue, and they're always tired. So fatigue sets in, and it's because I'm working too hard. Uh, this is way too hard. There's too much. And a lot of that comes from what happens mentally and emotionally when we're not absolutely healthy. Our body's busy trying to repair cells, and we haven't made it easy. We haven't assisted it. We're not eating well. So then, and there's sleep as well. And uh, of course, there's sleep. And you know that's something that I've really got focused on the past uh, few years, uh, particularly the past couple of years. And that is the quality of sleep. It's not even just more sleep. It is a quality of sleep. I generally, I'm pretty much consistent six hours, six and a half hours. That's the range I'm in. Occasionally I hit seven. Rarely I hit eight. Uh, it's, and I don't know that it's better when I hit eight, but I know that 
sleep. And you know that sleep for me has become a big focus. And it's not that I want to sleep a lot. I just want the quality of sleep to be there. Why? Because I know when I've had a good sleep, I'm clear. I feel better. My energy's better. I'm happier. Uh, I see the world through a different lens. And when I'm overly tired, I'm like a raunchy little six-year-old. <laughs> wow, we sound like a mattress company <laughs> advertisement for Amazing. my pillow. <laughs> okay, so but no, it's true. But that when it shows up, it can show up when it gets really starts to eat your lunch or my lunch. It shows up as a lack of discipline. Also, you know, lack of sleep is. Um, am I choosing that? Am I just not being disciplined? Am I being lazy? Am I just not wanting to get off the couch and turn the TV off or walk away from the computer? So where are those definitions? And I think as we drill down into where we are disciplined or not disciplined or what the definition of discipline is for individuals, we have to look at the opposite and say, okay, is that, am I making these choices because I'm not disciplined or I have a lack of discipline. And that's where I think it gets confusing and can get negative for people in their minds and they can beat themselves up because self-talk in this particular department is huge. And I know it with my athletes, with my clients, this is a big, big red flag when people are starting to beat themselves up and they think they're not disciplined or they can't make decisions or they're not committed. It's a real straight line to self-sabotage. There's a, something interesting, which is a great topic, which is you can't, part of the discipline is not having that negative self-talk or nipping it in the bud, recognizing that your self-talk, your negative self-talk is is part of the problem that you face. It takes discipline to put in that correction. And, uh, you know, that's the next layer of lists of things that discipline is all about. You know, the other thing around it is having rules of discipline. Now, you know that I have some rules around you know, so for example, I'm in bed, I want to go to bed at 10 o'clock at night. That's, that's, you know, I want to go after 10, I can do it, but then I don't sleep as well because I'm still up at five in the morning or 530 in the morning, whatever it is. So it's, it's like, you have to have a set of rules that play into the discipline that you have. So you have to have rules to live by. So we'll get into that in just a minute. So we know that when we look at discipline and how we want to show up, what do we need to do? We need to feed our body. We need to feed our mind. So we need rest. So we need to eat well. We need to exercise on a regular basis. And I'm going to just emphasize something. This is a discussion we get into and we've had many times with others. I'm not talking about being the fittest on the block. I'm saying wellness and health comes from walking every day, go for a 30-minute, 45-minute walk every day or five days a week, and you're going to be very, very healthy on the scale of healthiness. Now, if you get into running, you get into weightlifting, you get into all sorts of things. Well, that's fitness. There's a difference between wellness and that's, health that's and fitness. Point. And I think that's, again, what we can can drill into. And I don't want to come across like we know what's going on and we're like health and fitness gurus and nutritionist experts. But ultimately, we've been there, done that, and we bought the t-shirt and you know, the mistakes that I've made have actually helped me become more disciplined. And I find as I become more disciplined in the and learning and implementing some of the, the things that have went well in our lives or my life, identifying the things that haven't gone so well gives me a, a checklist of things that I don't need to be disciplined about anymore, or I don't need to put on the list anymore. So in order to have some discipline, you have to know what it is you're trying to achieve. So in other words, you know, we'll use the physicalness right now, because I've trained for 30 years, and I've done marathons or half marathons, I've had all sorts of physical competitions. But the point is, I knew what I was working backwards from. And so I had the discipline to do that to show up at the gym every day, to eat really well to do all those things. So what 
what are you working backwards from? What is your goal? So in the world of business, it's if you're an entrepreneur, you want to take your business to the next level. What does that mean? Well, it means certain revenue. It means that I have a very clear mission. So you then are stepping into that and the discipline to exercise or, or to take the steps, exercise is the wrong word, to execute certain steps and a discipline to achieve that goal. Yes, I get that. And it's so important because if then we make the connection between business and health and fitness, for example, your your business is also a form of an extension of yourself. Your fitness, your business fitness, your financial fitness, it's also though, it it's a much easier to be d- disciplined and have self-discipline around something that you care about, something you care deeply about. If you don't care about what you're doing, it's very difficult to be disciplined about it. It's like at, you know being motivated to quit something or to do something that you don't want to do. Then you have to be externally motivated. It's, it's a very similar conversation because, again, from a self-awareness standpoint, if you know what you need to do to get fit, you know what you need to do to decrease your expenses and increase your profitability in your business, but you don't really care, you're not going to do it. So it doesn't matter. You can have all the discipline in the world or all the motivation in the world. If you don't care about it, you ain't doing it. Right. So you have to have something that you care about in order to actually have the discipline to want to achieve that. So for example, I'll use the world of, we can talk, well, we can talk real estate. We can talk about business. We can talk about career. Sports. Sports. It doesn't matter. So when you have something that you say, I care about. So as an entrepreneur for however many years it's been, 30. Five, 30 lots, lots, 30 lots. Anyways, the point is this is I didn't, you know, I didn't come out the shoot with all the skills to be an entrepreneur. There's no book that says how to be an awesome entrepreneur. There are books. There is the study of business. There are things and skills that I had to develop. So it meant I had to have the discipline to read, to study, to have conversations, to go through the process of learning. That was discipline. And that's something that I did over time, but it was always because I wanted to grow that business. I was very inspired to grow that business, look after clients. And I was always, there was always a kind of a altruistic view of the world in, in doing that. Then looking after myself, well, I'll go back to that because in that discipline, it's physical, it's mental, emotional, it's your diet. There's something that we started doing 25 years ago, which was meditation. Journaling. Journaling. Those are tactics, but meditation is is important to me as physical exercise. Now, like physical exercise, you know, I may ebb and flow in and out of it, but I always go back to it because I know it's a discipline that supports me. Well, it's also something that that supports recovery. And as any high-end athlete or any just everyday athlete knows is that if you don't give yourself a, a chance to rest and recover or, you know, and depending on where you're at around your nutrition plan, your eating plan, your your focus plan, focus management, etc., there's also something called a cheat day. You know, or there's a rest day or there's just permission to just chill acts. But it's like distractions. If you don't schedule them, then they can show up all over the place. Mm-hmm. So part of being disciplined in my world is I'll schedule my distractions. I'll schedule when I'm going to look on social media or I'll schedule when I'm wanting to just gaze off and not think of anything or if I just need to have a nap without guilt. Because a lot of times we don't engage in our in our ability to be the best that we can be because being so disciplined, we, we think we don't get to rest. We don't get to recover. We don't, you know, so that guilt kind of drives that constant motion treadmill. And I'm finding right now, you know, with the stress of, of business and people, families are stressed and being torn apart by different reasons. And there's all all the things going on in the economy with the Olympic Games coming up. There's a bunch of different things that are happening that are causing a lot of stress. And it takes a lot of discipline to do the opposite. You also have to build in recovery time. 
Always got, you have to build a recovery time. But let's get into the negative self-talk loop, which is a discipline to catch yourself doing it and stop it. And some of it is rather than say, uh, this was a, a little tactic I learned not that long ago, which was rather than say, ah, I screwed up, I'm such a loser, which th- that is a self-talk that I will throw on myself, you know, and I'll say it jokingly, but I'm, you know, mentally, emotionally, you, I can't. So I have to stop myself from saying, ah, I'm such a loser. The, here's where we go with it is that if we're a kind of, like, if we're always willing to learn, and then it's just, a, I'm a learner. So this is a lesson I'm learning. I continue to learn this lesson. You learn, you le- you learn some, you lose some, you learn some. Okay. Something, something like that. <laughs> I'm sure it's something like that. <laughs> or I'm not there yet. You know, that word yet, really powerful, is that I haven't achieved that yet. I'll learn what I need to learn. I'll do what I need to do. But that self-discipline has to be there to do that. Now, a conversation that we have in a, in a more advanced program is around identity. What we call it, who are you in the context of your life? That's a program, a shift coaching program that we have. But in the world of mindset matters and in the world of discipline, you have to make that part of your identity. So you have to be aware that discipline is, you have to make a commitment to saying, this is who I am. So if the discipline is I'm going to work out. Now, here's, I want to just qualify before I go off on, I, I'm, I know I'm kind of interrupting myself. <laughs> You're going on a rant. I know, no. Fire it up, Francie. I'm, I'm interrupting myself, which is to say this, is you don't go from zero to working out five days a week all the time. It is incremental steps. And can you take those incremental steps of saying, you know, like, so for me, the gym is right next, it's right in my office. So, you know, if I take five minutes, 10 minutes, and I do a specific workout, maybe I'll do a trampoline workout, but I'm, I'm getting my body back in shape. I've had a few months of just crappy injuries, all sorts going on. I've been kind of shut down. So now I'm coming back, but I'm not going in and saying, okay, if I don't do a 45 minute workout, I'm a loser. I'm saying, no, I'll go in and get my body reprogrammed. I'll do five minutes here, 10 minutes there. Oh, geez, look at that. I did 20 minutes today. So those are things that it is incremental, but the discipline is to do something every day. And that's a commitment. And that's a commitment. It's a it's a commitment to, a commitment to to um, to discipline because what I'm finding too is that the definition that we have of ourselves and the, maybe back to the context for living or context for your life is if I was to say your two or three top qualities, Patrick, I would definitely say discipline is one of your highest qualities that you exude. So you own that. So when we talk about building discipline into who we are in a context of our life or in our self-identity is that you have that awareness. So if, so anybody that's listening right now, how about take a look at what do you think, what were the top three things somebody would say about you? What are you projecting Mm -hmm. for your self-identity? Are you congruent? Are you in alignment with who you say you are? Mm -hmm. I didn't know this, but um, I did this exercise with some clients a while back and I was sort of, I was the facilitator. And then they said, well, can we do it for you? And they said, I said, sure. And so I said, well, what are the top qualities that, that you see that I have and what am I committed to? And the three things that they said were just blew my mind. I had no idea some of the qualities that I knew that I was building into my self-identity, but it was unconscious and they were consistent. And the three words were that I was kind. Mm. I didn't know I was kind. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Committed was the other one. Mm -hmm. And relentless. Those were the three things that that came out. And so from a self-identity thing, those those resonated Mm -hmm. for me. So 
That comes from, but that's part of your identity. So in other words... But I didn't know the specific that sure. it was coming across that in a, in a way that people were, it was landing and that they could count on me for those things. And that's the great thing about being self, having self-discipline is that people know, like, I can count on you for certain things because your self-identity is also very much built around what your what you believe in and what your context is. So part of your identity is having rules that you live by. Okay, so one of the things that I pride myself on is no excuses. I do what I say I'm going to do. So nobody that... I work with or know ever worries about whether I'm going to follow through and do what I said I'm going to do. That's one of my, the rules I live by. That's discipline. It's like no fucking excuses, get it done. And sometimes that means that I'm doing it late at night or early in the morning. But at the end of the day, that's a rule that I live by is just get it, do what you say you're going to do. And uh, if I say I'm going to be there at six o'clock, I'm there at six. I'm not there at 6.05 or, or 6.15. If anything, you know, it's kind of a rule that I, you know, my own mind is that on time is late and, you know, early is on time, you know, and, and that's always, because it also gives the other person uh, confidence or it takes stress off, off of them. So rules to live by, you know, so for example, my diet is one of the rules I live by. Okay. And do I go off it? Yes. Am I disciplined hundred percent of the time? Of course not. And I don't, profess to be that, but I'm pretty clear on my diet. And then I prioritize my sleep. That's a rule that I live by. Um, let me think about what are the rules that you have. You have a rule that you look after yourself. So in other words, you take time for yourself. So whether that be you know, a spa, a facial, or a pedicure, or whatever other oh, things that on. you do. Cut me some slack. Well, I also work out. Well, no, I haven't got there yet. I also yet. meditate. <laughs> I haven't got. So, I was you just, think I'm so shallow. <laughs> I know. I, you never let me get to the rest of those things. Gosh. Okay. There's a husband and wife moment. So yes, and she works out. Um, and yeah, and what else did you say you did? That's it. You know, <laughs> and you eat well and you cook great. So, but you have rules that you live by yes, and that's important because that's part of discipline. Yeah. The discipline, the biggest ones for me are around the qualities that I want to embrace and live by so that I can be and, and live and lead by example. Mm -hmm. You know, my biggest boundary and, and my biggest discipline, and it's hard because, you know, it is difficult when you're in conversation, is that I have a stand and a discipline against no gossip. Mm -hmm. But conversations sometimes just turn into talking about other people and you're not even conscious about it. Totally. So when you have a heads up or a discipline around it, I'll know when I'm actually, I can feel it in my body if a conversation is leaning towards gossip. And I now have a discipline where I stop talking. Right. So then there's things that we do that we want to make failure difficult. So one of the things I've learned over the years is for training, for working out, if I put my workout gear out and I put it on because I work out generally in the morning, put my shorts and t-shirt on, put my uh, trainers on and I hit the gym. If I dress or get somewhat dressed. Or get distracted. Or it's easy to get distracted, right? And then the next thing I know, oh, I'll work out later. And later means never. And the next thing I know, go away. So it's like diet. How do you set yourself up to eat right? Well, don't put crap in the house. And don't have, what I say crap. But, you know, if, if whatever it is that is your vice that you go to and that you have no control over, uh, whether it be chips or ice cream or chocolate bars, whatever that might be, 
Just don't put it in front of you. That's actually a discipline. discipline. That is a discipline. And you're setting yourself up so that it makes failure hard. Yeah. So use the example of meal prep for a pro for a world-class athlete. On Sundays, they go grocery shopping or on the weekends, or they, they get together with other athletes and they do a bunch of meal prep and then they put them all in little containers. And so they can't fail. They know exactly what they're going to eat. They know when they're going to eat. Learning to understand the, the languaging so that they make failure almost impossible when it comes to diet nutrition, right. you know, and it's the languaging that you're using. You know, our trainer, Christine, doesn't let us use the word snack right? It's, you're going to have three meals and two snacks. No, you're not. You're going to eat five times and those are meals. So even the languaging takes discipline around the mindset that, that allows you to shift and to create a new trajectory, especially for an athlete that has to, or, uh, you know, an entrepreneur, somebody's trying something that's out of their, their realm of, of, of what they know, because again, None of us have a crystal ball, but we don't know what we don't know. But when you change your languaging and you change your mind about things, and then you set yourself up to make sure that failure is hard, and I really love how that that's framed, is that you make failure hard, then you keep winning is way, way, way more of an option. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a part of it too where you know there's there's a there's also the willingness to learn and wanting to learn. There's a discipline to learn. So because you work with uh, athletes, well, this is a great example, but I see it in business all the time and I actually experience it myself all the time, especially when we're trying reinvent business or expand on the business or try new initiatives. Save businesses. Save businesses. <laughs> you know, you have to be able to, and willing to try. You then have to be willing to fail. You then have to be willing to learn then you have to be willing to grow from that learning or, uh, from, or, and uh, or change direction from that failing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have to be willing to improve. So there is a series of try, fail, learn, grow, improve. Now that's a cycle that actually your athletes go through mm-hmm. when they're trying a new move, a new technical aspect of whatever they're doing, but it's also in business, you know, where, you know, we, we launch a new initiative, we're going into it, we don't have all the answers, we're actually building it in motion, because there's some things you just can't do. You can't build it standing still, you actually build it when you get in motion. Here's the thing, you have to make the decision to go, and then it's going to unfold as it unfolds, and you're going to learn and grow and uh, fail, you know, you're going to go through that whole process again. So- Absolutely. And the great ter- term I, I love is to fail forward, is that just keep moving. You're not failing to the point of disaster. You're just gaining more information. You're getting feedback. You're putting in the correction and moving forward. There was a great little story when we were we had stores down in Denver. We had partners, and uh, one of them was a hockey coach, and he coached in, uh, I think it was... Um, I forget what it was, NCAA or something. And he was, he had an office down in the bowels of the arena. And every time the players would, you know, they something would happen, they'd have a drama or something would happen between some of the guys and et cetera. And, and the guys would start storming down the stairs, down the hallway, and they'd get all the way to the end and where, where Coach Brian's office was. And they would look up and there was a giant sign that he had put up and it said, put in the correction. That was it. That was it. Yeah. And then they would look at each other or they'd look at the sign and they'd turn around and they'd storm away like, ah, I have to be responsible. I need to put in the correction. Yeah, put in the correction. nobody else's fault. This is my failure or I have to take what it is and learn and move my life forward and put in my own correction. 
That was right. brilliant. I love that line. So don't blame, don't complain, put in the correction, go. So let's get a couple things clear around discipline. One of the things that we have, I don't know what the quote exact quote is, but fatigue is the enemy uh, oh, fatigue makes cowards of all of us. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Right. Because, it, you know, it's too hard. It's I'm too tired. cold. I'm tired. Does nobody know how hard I work? Listen, I've had <laughs> all of those conversations with myself. But ultimately, even in the context of the Everyday Millionaire podcast, seemingly ordinary individuals uh, achieving extraordinary results, every single one of those individuals, whether they recognize it themselves or just just who I am. But at the end of the day, they were all willing to do things that others were not willing to do. They were willing to be and expand. And fatigue was no excuse. And that one's tough because you're going, no, I need I need to rest. I need to stop right now. I need yeah. to stop, yeah. right? And you see it with your athletes. Yeah, all the time. And how often do they have to push through in order to get to it? So it's the self-talk that says, now, here's the thing. Oh, share that story about, you know, you, you're oh, yeah, yeah, skating, yeah. skating. You've got skaters gone. <laughs> okay, it's so too hard. Teaching power keep... skating yeah. to, you know, hockey players, you know, high-end hockey players. And, you know, they work hard. They're big guys. They've got a lot of equipment on. And I'm, I'm a bit of a drill sergeant. I make guys work hard. They love it. They're committed. But, you know, at the end of 45 minutes or an hour, they're tired. And I get it. Right. So some of them will come and they'll lean on the boards and have some water and say, I'm done, Stephanie, let's go. I'm out. I'm out. And you just feel their energy just getting sapped right out of them. And I believe them they're tired, except what I realized the minute that I pull out puck and go, scrimmage, you know, <laughs> they're like, whoa, yeah, pucks, let's go. And I, so I remember I did it a couple of times and I just blew the whistle and called them over and I said, so, uh, so hey, guys, where'd the tired go? Do you want to go for another couple drills? And they're like, no, no. But because they care and love so much about the game is mm -hmm. playing and shooting pucks, they were able to overcome the fatigue. Because when when you understand that being tired is, again, just it, it's just a decision. It's just a decision. But when you align and put yourself in something, in an environment that you love again, like playing the game, I, I like, where'd the tired go? Where'd the right. injury go? Where, what? What's going on? And they would just laugh. So, but the truth is once you get that and you understand that, yes, you may be tired, but then either shift it into rest and recovery mode or shift it into doing something else that, that you love to do in that moment and just ask yourself, I wonder where the tired went. Exactly. So there's a, a part of this whole thing that is really about how you think about yourself. So when we talk and we, you know, we just talked about identity, you know, and what are your rules for yourself? So it really, what defines you? And a couple of great notes I've got here is that the self-talk is, is I'm the type of person that's willing to do what others are not willing to do. So that's actually defining you. That sets you apart. It doesn't make them wrong. It just, okay, no, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be the guy that gets up at five o'clock in the morning and works out because that's what I'm going to do. And you're not comparing yourself to nope. anybody else. You're not judging other people. And then when you do accomplish something, what I really love about you is you'll also reward yourself 
You know, yes. you'll you'll celebrate. You'll celebrate the small wins. That's been hard in the last little while because there has been a lot of wins. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? <laughs> really? So, we're, you know, you got to look at yourself, talk and go, oh, boy. Yeah. But the other thing is, is the consequences of not following your rules or breaking your own rules without without having an agreement, because that's a consequence. And sometimes having a, a realistic punishment that you're you're not like blaming yourself, but a realistic consequence is like, ah, yeah. oh, geez, you know, I, I, I broke my own rule and that sucks because I want to honor myself. I want to give myself every opportunity to succeed and to win. Why did I do that to myself? Mm -hmm. So for me, I've learned to to celebrate mm -hmm. and to reward, but also to take a look at, you know, if I do break, if I, you know, if I do break one of my own rules, like what are the consequences? And I want to be gentle, but I also don't want to rip myself off from a consequence. Yeah, don't pretend it didn't happen. Exactly. Right? So when we talk about identity, you and I talk a lot about it. We do that when who are you in the context of your life? That's a whole different body of work. But the point is this in your identity, this is such a great, it was a quote or something I heard, a statement that was made. And I think this was Tom Bilyeu, I don't remember. Your identity is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. So when you're alone, no distractions, and you're just hanging out, how do you feel about yourself? What does yourself talk about what you are? Are you telling yourself you're lazy or you're making excuses to not do whatever it is that you need to do? You're not rising above because seemingly ordinary achieving extraordinary means that you have to do things that others are not willing to do. So who are you when you're by yourself? Do you have that discipline to actually do that anyways? So that was a really great little quote. And are you, when you look at your self-talk, it is, I don't know how to do that yet. I haven't achieved that yet. It's not like I can't achieve that. I'm not going to achieve that. I'll never achieve that. Like that's the shift of languaging. This is a really cool shift because we'll talk about heart attack. We we own it. You know, I had... Uh, oh, yeah, that was the story. Yeah, that was a, a thing that happened. Okay, but this is a, a different... Okay, but let's just... It, it, the language is so important. So somebody who quits smoking or quits drinking, we'll use those two. They're vices for many. And so somebody walks up and you say, and they offer you a cigarette or they offer you a drink. And you go, no, I've I'm, I'm quitting smoking. I'm quitting drinking. That means that you're still quitting. You're still you're still, you're a, still smoker. A, a smoker. You're still yeah. a drinker. Yeah. As opposed to saying, no, thank you. I'm a non-smoker. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm a non-drinker. So that is a totally different. It's just a subtle shift in what we say. And it's like, I, I'm, you know, I'm a diabetic. No, 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 you're not. No, you're not. You have diabetes. Yeah. Okay. It's a different way of owning or or disowning what it is that you've got going on. And those are a couple of little subtle things. Well, that was the story about the heart attack. We were sitting with some people and, and friends of ours, and, and one of them started talking about my heart attack when I had my heart attack, mm -hmm. my heart attack, my heart attack. And it just didn't land for me. And I kind of just said, hey, can I just ask a question? I said, can it be the heart attack? or when I experienced a heart attack, because every time you say my heart attack, you're owning it and it just keeps it locked into your cells. Mm -hmm. And then it, and that's how discipline can work against you in that. So you're so committed to my heart attack or to being diabetic or having this is that you're actually making it a, a, a personal experience on a cellular level. And it takes a mind shift and this is where mindset matters when it comes to commitment and dealing with things like that. And with athletes, I'll say, you know, how's the back today? Because they'll say, my back, my back, my back, so sore. I go, okay, well, how, what if it's just the back? How's the back today? Let's take care of the back. Mm -hmm. Let the back support you. 
let's talk about the back. And it just separates it a little bit and creates a little bit of room so you're not so locked into that being part of your identity. All those negative things that, oh, my car accident, my this, my that, what, mm. you know, it's like who I was before the accident and who I was after the accident. So we've got all these incidents that we've created our identity around that just aren't true. And when you have the understanding, the self-awareness that leads to the self-discipline to change your language, it can change the trajectory of your life. So we talk about discipline and then we suggest that make failure hard. So part of making failure hard, one way is to do that is to make sure you are surrounded by like-minded individuals or people who support you, not bring you down. People who think whatever it is you're trying to do, they're behind it and they're going to support you in doing that, not thinking you're crazy or not saying, oh, that's a dumb goal or whatever that might be. So, you know, there's a quote about, you know, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with and that may or may not be the case. I just know that... Whenever I'm amongst people that are smarter than me and or have high levels of discipline in their own businesses, in their own life, I'm inspired by that. And it's a it's a bar. So I may think I'm rocking it. And then I'm hanging out with a couple of people that I'm going, shit, <laughs> damn it. Oh, man. Damn it. I'm a loser. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not a loser. Quit telling myself I'm a loser. So the point is this, is that how you surround yourself. I mean, we talk about this all the time within the rain community. It is about community. And then it's not just about community. It's about culture. Is it a culture of people who want to support your success and who want to share and want to be part of a journey because you're all on a similar journey. And uh, that is a critical part of doing that. So the discipline to create relationships, here's the other discipline getting the hell out of relationships that are energy leaks that yeah. don't support you. And as a matter of fact, that just piss you off and, you know, shut you down. You know, it's really interesting. You know, I'm working with a lot of young athletes right now because I'm finding that with the parents, I love working with athletes and parents of, of like mine, because when they're they're also disciplined in their own way, and they're able to have conversations where they they know it's going to take other people to help raise their children out of this kind of this situation that we're in right now. And it takes a team. And life, I always say, life is a team sport. What I'm finding with the young athletes right now is that they don't know who their tribe is anymore. If they're not on a team, or if they don't have players, you know, that are of like mind or of the same level of commitment, they are losing a lot of their they're losing their their center. Some of them are getting lost. And for me to be able to help them or to be able to redirect them and to not just hang out with people of your own age or people that just because you're on the same team, that's your tribe. It's also being selective and understanding, okay, yes, like-minded or we have things in common. We're on the same team. We play the same game. We're of the same age. We're in the same grade. Go to the same school. Great. Those are all external things. But what is really important and what this whole pandemic stuff is showing a lot of team people is that they may have to reassess who they are, but also who they have on their team. And I'm, it's, I'm really seeing the struggle with young men right now, especially trying to find other young men that they can su surround themselves with and, and get supported by. Okay. We got one more thing I want to talk about. Courage. Mm -hmm. Because to have the discipline to, in your case, you just shared about young men and, and the, the, what's happening in the world. And they're not going to necessarily align on all these views. And they may have their own opinion of what's happening, that they have to have courage. And so let's talk about courage, because I know it's a topic that you have that you share with your athletes, for example. So 
give us a little bit of your view of courage before we wind this down. Okay. Well, the line that I used to, it's like the every millionaire, you know, I called it the courage to be a champion. And it was a conversation that with for many, many, many years, parents would come to me or athletes would come to me and say, I just need to build confidence. If I just had confidence, I could, you know, make the team or I'll be the captain. I just need confidence, confidence, confidence. And parents would say, you know, I just want you to help me give my kid confidence. And it never landed. It just, that word just sort of rubbed me the wrong way because I realized as I was growing up and making mistakes and being an athlete and falling down and getting back up again, my parents couldn't give me confidence. It didn't matter how much they wanted to try to give me confidence. That's impossible. Confidence is a very, very inner and a very personal construct. So the word confidence is really the it's the word confidence is based around the Latin word fid. So fid is also the root of the word fidelity. So confidence. So when you have the courage to be faithful, because that's what fidelity means. When you have the courage to be faithful to your journey, faithful to your commitments, faithful to your self-awareness and your self-discipline so that you can build that self-esteem and that self-worth that we're all seeking. Because that's what I believe the journey of being a champion and the courage that it takes to fall down and then get back up again over and over and over. That's what builds confidence. We can't give confidence. We can borrow it, we can surround ourselves with people that help us build, but it takes a lot of courage to understand that the only way we're going to be able to bring ourselves into a world of positivity and confidence and, and, and courage is to take chances, take risks, and surround us, ourselves with people who believe in us, not just because they believe in us because they're paid to or because they have to or they're our parents, but they believe in us because they're seeing the chances and the cur- and the, the, the risks we're taking um, or the risks that those particular in my case right now, some of the young men are taking to stand in the light of their truth. They're standing on their own two feet. It takes a lot of courage to say no to drugs, to say no to certain things around gaming, say no to things. There's a lot of stuff right now around porn. Like it's unbelievable the things that are being presented and it takes a lot of courage. So if I can provide anything around how to surround yourself with courageous people, It's also people that have made some of the mistakes that you're about to make, but they're going to let you make them anyway and get your own consequences and get your own result, but love you anyway. Fantastic. Love that. And yeah, you know, sometimes we look at it and go, man, I'm so glad I'm not young. But then, you know, because there's kids are dealing with so much these days, it seems. But uh, when we look at self-discipline, let's recap a couple things that we want to tap off as we wind things down. First and foremost is you have to understand your mind-body connection, your spirit, you know, emotionally, mentally, all the things that come together, which means without a doubt, you have to be very, very aware of what you're putting in your body. How are you feeding your body? Are you getting Exercise as in activity, and I'm not even talking about taking it to the next level of fitness. If you want to do that, awesome. But get out, get moving, get some activity, get your oxygen levels up, get your blood flowing. Make sure you eat meditation, practice some meditation. And sometimes journaling is like a meditation. It is really having, I've got, I just did a great podcast the other day with a guy, uh, Anthony, and wow, it was so good. I mean, this guy's very, very successful, and he talks about different journaling. He does it every day, has been for many, many years as uh, Stephanie and I are both, we both journal and uh, it's a part of our own routine. Also, Uh, what are you putting in your mind? Like, what are you watching? What are you listening to? Quit watching mainstream media. Full full stop. Full stop. We're canceling, we're canceling to cable. 
Done. Yeah, done. we're done. So forget it. Quit it. Get out of there. Okay. Having the courage to have the discipline. So in other words, when you start showing up with discipline, you're going to get challenged. People are going to are going to question what you're doing. Some will say you're silly. They'll shame you. They'll yeah. embarrass you. They'll do a, what the hell are you doing getting up at five o'clock in the morning if that's what you do? I'm not suggesting you do it. But I'm just saying is that if you have to get up early, that's the fundamental difference, right? Which is to say, you you have to be able to do your day. That's what it takes. It takes a little extra work to uh, have that happen. Okay. Set a target that you care about, whatever that goal is, whatever that target is. Now you've got a big one. You got a, you know, you got the mountain you're going to climb, but along the mountain, you're going to take certain steps. You're going to get to certain plateaus. You're going to get to certain places that say, okay, well, I'm well on my way to climbing this mountain. And then you're going to celebrate those. Congruence. In other words, be congruent, be your word, be and do and be who you say you are and follow through. That is part of the rules. You know, what gives you congruency is actually when you have rules that you follow and that you stay committed to. Now, sometimes you do break your own rules. Don't beat yourself up. Just don't beat yourself up. Just go forward. Okay. What was the other one? Well. Oh, the right people. Make sure you surround yourself with the right people. So in other words, uh, that means sometimes you have to spend less time with people that are kind of negative. There may be that energy leak. So this is all part of, when we talk about mindset matters, it isn't just positive thinking, ladies and gentlemen. This this one is about self-discipline. And as we go through these different episodes, we want to give you lots of stuff to hang on to that you can put to work. Hopefully it brings you to attention. And uh, Stephanie, as we wrap it up, what do you want? Anything else you want to add to this? Well, I think the biggest thing is understanding that discipline on its own isn't going to do what you want it to do. But having a definition and having your own set of rules, your own guide uh, book, for example, or your own guide post that you're judging yourself by, that's where you're going to start to really have a relatedness to self-discipline because self-discipline also leads to increase in self-worth and also on the road to self-esteem. And that's really what we want to do is to to help people build their self-worth, their self, and to make decisions that make a difference in their life and in the lives of other people. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that this has been helpful. Make sure you're looking after yourself. Prioritize your sleep. Got to be that. Get your meditation in. Get act, Get active. Surround yourself with great people. Uh, set some rules. Take incremental steps. You don't have to go from zero to 100. Incremental steps. Like I say, I'm getting back into my workout routines. Sometimes it's five minutes. Other times it's 20 minutes. Sometimes I hit it out of the park and, you know, I get really active outdoors for a couple hours. But at the end of the day, I don't beat myself up when I'm only doing five minutes. I just know that my discipline is that I'm going to be active every day. That's just an example of some of the things that you can do. And the right people are paramount to your success. And uh, share with them some of your goals and have them support you in uh, holding accountable. I'll share one. One last story. Some of you know him, some of you don't. So JG Francoeur, my chief growth officer with the Real Estate Investment Network. So one of the things I had was a bit of a back injury, a bulge disc, and it requires traction. I have to actually put myself in traction to try and fix this all up. Now, I've healed a lot. I still got a ways to go. But when JG found out that I got to put myself in traction, it's like every time I talk to him, he goes, did you do your traction today? I go, (laughs) 
Okay. I love that guy. I have to, I've lied a couple times, said yes, <laughs> because I know he's just going to bust me if I don't. Anyways, at the end of the day, but guess what I do? I say yes so that he doesn't really get after me about it. But then as soon as I have time, I go put myself in traction. But that's about accountability, right? It's about putting people in your life that support whatever you got going on. care about you. And they care, of course. Right? Yeah, they care course. about you. And that's the thing that going forward... And if I can invite you and anyone who's listening is to take a hard look at who you have, who's in your tribe right now, who's in your circle of support. Are they disciplined? Do they have your best interest? Do they hold themselves accountable? Do they hold you accountable? And that truly, when you start looking at life that way and start seeing like-minded people, but also like-hearted people, it makes such a big difference. Okay, we're done. We're out of here. Awesome. Thank you, Patrick. It was supposed to be tight. Ladies Great and gentlemen. Great job, Patrick. <laughs> no, we went over time as we often do. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is part of our Mindset Matters series. If you like this, we're going to get better at it. We're, we, we're not as good as we're going to get yet. We're going to improve amazingly. But if there was some value in this, let us know. Uh, send an email to CEO at reincanada.com, CEO at reincanada.com. If you got some value out of this today, if you want us to carry it on, uh, we're going to keep doing it. It. that's our discipline and we're going to keep moving forward mindset matters and if you're interested in joining us on a pro program that we're launching in october and you're going to hear this before that october november december we're going to run it and then we may extend it into the new year we'll see how that all goes stephanie hanlon francie thanks very much thanks Han. that was awesome and thanks ladies and gentlemen you're awesome ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening if you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others, share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.